Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. So welcome to another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles. We're going to have a little fun today. We're going to talk about mayhem, murder, disgusting stuff, and some stuff you need to buy for Christmas for the people you think you care about. So let's go. Let's jump right into this. Elizabeth Cooper, welcome back to the Gonzo Chronicles. How you been? Hey, hey, I'm doing great. You know, the holiday rush is upon us. My father used to always say, and I just sort of poo-pooed it, but he's like, as soon as we get to Halloween, it's just nonstop rush from one holiday to the next. And, you know, now that I'm a mom with a bunch of kids and I see it, it really is. It's like in the mom world, we don't have to worry about the costumes and going door to door anymore. But we decorate and then we got to take it all down. And then you decorate and you cook and you have all your family over, which is so great and wonderful. And then you quickly like tear in the South, especially you quickly tear that stuff down so that the day after Thanksgiving, some people even do it for Thanksgiving day, but you get that tree up there and the Christmas stuff is on point. So that's, that's what we're doing today. We're, we're decorating the house and I'm sure the tree is not too far away. Yeah. I probably have the tree up next week. I think, um, yeah, just to try to get a little bit festive, try to try to feel the holiday maybe a little bit. Um, I felt it yesterday on Turkey Day. Oh my God! Like I guess I didn't get to that part in the Bible about gluttony, or you think I had forgotten about it? And uh, like seriously, I'm glad we had so much extra butter because the lather down my sides to fit my ass through the door frame. <laughs> like I'm, I'm kidding, but it was. I ate a lot. I'm just saying I ate a lot. That's I just I ate a lot. I ate a little bit of everything. Like, at least I had some fruit a little bit, too. So something healthy. And then everything that wasn't healthy. So I just ruined it, you know. Um, if I cut myself shaving, I'm pretty sure gravy is going to come out for the next few days. Oh, God. Uh, so we didn't have any fruit. I mean, there was fruit in some of the dishes. What was your favorite dish? Like, did you and your sister and... You know, did you sort of make stuff and everybody brought dishes or was there one person that cooked everything? Yeah, I think different people brought dishes. But my nephew, who every year he does the turkeys, but three turkeys. And two of them were, uh, I think, deep fried Cajun style. And then another regular turkey that was, you know, injected with the butter and everything else. And so he takes care of that. And that was really awesome. But, you know, my favorite food for the holiday, and this is not everybody's favorite, but it's I like the dressing, the stuffing. 
because this is something it, I, I could literally, I like it so well, I could eat it all year long. Like, I don't have to just have it during the holidays. But that's a bad thing to get used to eating because it's so full of breads and stuff. And, you know, um, ho, ho, I'll ho. I'll tell you I what. Like Santa after I eat all this, but it's, it's good. You know what? One one day of gluttony is, it, it's not a bad thing. You know, a feast day, it's not a bad thing. If you just have one. Now, if you have like 15 of them every month, you got a problem. But the stuffing, oh my gosh. So a long time ago, I used to make a sausage stuffing and I hadn't made it in a couple of years. So I thought, um, you know, we, we did similar to what you were saying. Everybody kind of brought a dish. So I brought, I think about six different sides. And one of them was the sausage stuffing. And because I hadn't made it in a couple of years and I am not someone that will go get the recipe book and open it up. I cook by smell and remembering what things taste. So I'm just, I, I'm one of those people where unfortunately it doesn't always taste exactly the same every single time, but it generally gets gradually a little bit better. So I went to the store, I bought three pounds of sausage, right? And they had, I was actually at Walmart of all places because I needed peanut oil because we were frying our turkey too. I couldn't find peanut oil anywhere. So the best um, price and the best place I thought would be Walmart, which I never go. So I went and I got all this sausage and then I turned around and they had like artisan bread that was perfectly toasted, ready for, you know, just crunching that stuff up and making for stuffing. So I thought, okay, I'll get that instead of trying to dry and toast the bread I have at home, I'll use this. That stuff was fantastic. I mean, I was like, you know, I had it in a Ziploc bag and I'm banging it with the meat tenderizer to break it down. And I took a piece and it's like, it was already buttered. It, it was so good, but I didn't have a ton of it. So I cook off all this <laughs> sausage and I must've put maybe one loaf of this artisan bread <laughs> in the dish with the three pounds of sausage <laughs> and cranberries and some... Uh, seasonings like turkey seasonings and things like that and then chicken stock just to moisten it with the chicken stock it was so good but it was really like a, a sausage side dish there wasn't a lot of bread oh that sounds really good though so I, I used to be able to like I tried to be helpful around the kitchen some because I'm actually not a bad cook but sometimes I stay out of the kitchen so when I go to my sister's for thanks Thanksgiving or whatever and everybody's cooking, and like when, it, when you have to put something in a bag and like smash it, like they do not let me do that anymore when I go there. I have a bit of road rage. <laughs> I have this thing with road rage. So when I get there, I'm kind of like ginned up anyway for people on the road. Like it doesn't matter if you're on the same road side of the road as me. If you're driving the opposite direction, I'm like, where's that asshole going? You know, like I'm just, I'm just kind of like I get that way after like 30 minutes. I'm just like questioning everybody's moves, whether they're even close to me or not. And God forbid you're on my bumper. Because you're going to have every bit of my wiper fluid coming back to you until I run out, you know. And if I had one of those rockets or like those things as oil slicks, like a uh, like James Bond, I would totally be taking people out, right? So I can't do that. So I get there and like one year I'm like beating on this bag, and I'm grumbling under my breath, and uh, they're like, "You can't do that anymore." It's like, like I was about to get a hammer <laughs> out of tire iron, and they're like, "You sound like Tony Soprano. What, what are you doing? Stop! Leave the bread alone. It didn't do anything." I'm like, 
God, all right. I'm not going to tenderize the meat anymore because it's not anywhere. It's like I'm pieces on the wall now. It's like, sorry, sorry, I got out of lost control. You know, been driving. They don't let me Man, do. Man, I know. I know what to get you for Christmas now. Have you seen the remote control? Um, it's it's LED lights, but it's supposed to look like um, neon lights, and it's the middle finger. And it's, there's a suction cup. You suction cup it onto like the back window of your car and you have a remote control. It can either be a hand, like a waving, a hand for stop or the middle finger and you pick which one and it, it glows. Oh, great. Great. <laughs> That's a, it's guaranteed. I'm going to be in fisticuffs by the end of 2024. I can see this. You know, speaking of waving, this is a dumb <laughs> thing. I think, I think I told you this. We talked about this on your show. Like, uh, I, I wasn't going outside on Black Friday, but I did go outside on Black Friday. I went out on the front deck as far as I went. And there was the neighbor lady again. And she gave me an awkward look, and I gave her an awkward look, and I just kind of came back inside, you know. This is the one that I thought was waving at me, and I kept waving until she looked at me like I was, like, the mildly retarded neighbor. And she was just cleaning her front window. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> I shared an uncomfortable look today and came back inside. I was like, well, it's Black Friday. I should have known better to even step outside of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't run out to go shopping. You know, a long time ago, yeah. I did because I had five little kids. And now I'm down to, you know, two are out of the house practically, you know, 16 year old. And then the two boys are young teens so i don't have any needs for like a toys r us not that there is a toys r us that i could go to anymore but that's where i would go three o'clock in the morning nursing a child in the car because i always had little babies at the time and i would wait until that thing would open up and i'd go in there and get all the deals on the play-doh and the american girl doll stuff and the barbie stuff and little people and you name it but now there isn't anybody in my life that I can think that I'm going to go somewhere and wrestle for an item. Like why? I'll, I'll do it online. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Everybody I can buy for, I buy online. And if I can't buy it online, they get a gift card. Congratulations, everyone. Like I'm at that point in my life where shopping is so easy. As a matter of fact, I was finished with Christmas shopping a month ago. Oh, I envy that. That's how I usually am. And I feel like I'm so, so late. And then I remember the days where, you know, it's Christmas Eve and I'm running out to get half of the family gifts and stuff because I've been, you know, working and you know how it is young and, and single and you don't really have to worry about too much as far as like taking care of family members at home because it's just you. So if you can't handle that, <laughs> good luck. But now if I don't have it all done by Thanksgiving, I kind of get a little anxious. It's like, I'm going to forget something. Yeah, I tend to, like around Halloween time, I start jotting down ideas for people for Christmas. And then probably within two or three weeks, I've already went online and decided what I was getting and bought. So everybody else, I'm shop finished. And the only thing I have to do is some people are getting cash and some people are getting gift cards. And the nieces and nephews already know that's what they're getting. So. It's every year kind of thing. So that's good. They're they're old enough. I don't have to go out and buy something, you know. Um, right. They would just rather have the gift card or the money, uh, or you know, leave their leave their turkey. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> or the other. Same thing. I mean, 
my nieces and nephews, uh, or my, my niece and nephews, um, they're all teens. And I actually, my nephew had a birthday today. So happy birthday, Tim. Um, he turned 30. I think he turned 30 and that's my sister's youngest. So, you know, my nephew, one of them turned 40, you know, it's like they're adult adults. And at that point you're getting gift cards. I'd love to be able to get you something that you can open up and be like, Oh, this is perfect. But sorry. I, I don't, I, I, I don't know what people really like to put on their body. So I just don't even <laughs> try that one. Yeah. I, I'm at the age where it's like when people ask what I want for Christmas, I don't tell them anymore. I'm going to let them guess just to see what kind of dumbass stuff I can get. Like, and I love <laughs> it. Like I, I will laugh. It's like, you really thought I'd like that, huh? Like bought me a tie and I haven't worn one in three years. <laughs> or one of the office. Well, I don't have a boss to impress. Yeah, just just me. Um, but it's so funny. Um, but I, I don't tell them what I want. So I guess you know, it, it, the default is like an Amazon card. That's and that's perfect for me because I'm going to buy the hell out of everything anyway. Um, and when we get into like our section here, we're going to talk about what kind of things are going to make good gifts this year. Um, we're going to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about murder, but we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into some Amazon stuff. Um, and if you want, um, do you have a wish list on Amazon? I do like, have a wish list. All right. If you want during the show, let's talk about the top three things we have on our wish list. I don't care. If all it's right. Not, I don't care if it's not family friendly. I, okay. I don't care. <laughs> Let me log into my Amazon and I'm Actually, see what's on my list. I think they are all family friendly just because I have, uh, you know, a family that looks at it. But let's see. On my Amazon wish list, top three things. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have 24 karat gold gel collagen facial masks. I have a... It's a woman's hollow out three quarter sleeve open front knit cardigan and an advent calendar of crystals, 24 days of natural crystals. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I've got, now I've got some things I put on this list that are like for gifts. So I'm going to like scroll past those. And it's like, here's, here's one that um, I need to buy a replacement of, but. I'll talk about that on the uh, on our gifts like for Christmas because um, I think I make a great gift for anybody that wears glasses. Um, you've heard of Ken Burns, right? The guy, the documentary filmmaker. There's a yes. series that he made called Baseball. It's called Nine Innings, and it goes through like nine decades of baseball from the very first decade on. So I have that on my list. Um, there's other gifts I have for people. Oh, this is funny. This is just for me. But um, <laughs> uh, prank meme, dirty large sticker pack for bumper stickers, light switches, water bottles, hard hats, computers. It's like funny stickers that you could put on there that aren't necessarily kid friendly. Um, so, yeah, I just looked at my son's wish list because I've been on them to update it. Because, like I said, I really need to get all the purchasing done. Uh-huh. So he went into Amazon yesterday, the day before yesterday and updated it. This is the 11, almost 12-year-old, okay? Number one on the list is an electric dirt bike, (laughs) which I'm sure is way too small for him. It's probably for like a four-year-old. And then 
granted, we have a basketball hoop in the driveway that is standard size, or you can, you know, you could raise it or lower it so that it's not quite the standard size. It's a little bit shorter. He has uh -huh. a basketball hoop in there that it starts at 2.9 feet and goes up to six feet for a toddler. All right. <laughs> and then a spider web shooter. That That's what's the top three on his. So he wants to be like Spider-Man. Spider-Man, a spider right. web shooter. That's awesome. Don't know what that is, but for $48.99, you can get one on Amazon. I have a official 12 by 18 poster on my wish list of the X-Files poster, the one that Mulder had in his office. It says, I want to believe that you like <laughs> saucer. Now, I'm probably going to put that up in the hallway at the office. By the way, at my office in Frankfurt, they started putting Christmas decorations up. And the guy that runs the place is, a, is like weirdly creative and clever. So he had this, made this thing that looks like one of those uh, air ducts that would be in the ceiling. And inside yeah. that picture, he had John McClane from like Die Hard, where he's looking at you, where he has the yippee kaye. <laughs> he's got that. So when you walk by, you look up, it's almost like that guy looking out the, the duct at you. <laughs> it's like, that's great. Oh my God. That's pretty wow. Cool. He posted that up on Facebook and said, yep, the decorations are starting to go up. It's clever. It's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That's awesome. And I well, think it... I do have a couple. Of... Oh, go ahead. I do have a couple of things that they're not necessarily gifts, but I found them this year and I love them. Do you have things that you found this year that you love? Yeah, like some stuff like. That I've been using all year that just I didn't think I would use as much, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, you... what do you have? Well, on mine, um, probably the first thing I had on mine was a friend of mine, uh, decided to bring me into the latest century and bought me an Alexa, an Echo Dot. And of course, when you plug it in, it like you know, jumps into your Wi Fi and takes here, you know. So I thought, well, I guess you could use it for certain things, but like, I use this thing for everything. I have it read my audible books while I'm just like messing around in here. Um, I get up in the morning, it plays the meditation music, jazz, whatever I'm listening to while I'm reading and having my little quiet 5 a.m. club moment, you know, not at 5 a.m., but you know, that got that kind of moment. And uh, um, if you have the kind of, this thing does everything. I was so surprised. I play daily trivia on this thing, Star Wars trivia, world history trivia. Um, I set up my playlist on Amazon Prime, plays it through here. If you have your your home is like a smart home, so to speak, and you you can dim your lights, you can tell her to dim your lights, and your lights will dim, and it's like everything, you know, set a timer on the stove, so it's like it's the coolest thing, and I find myself using it nonstop. I think it's a great gift for anybody have that doesn't have. Go ahead, a great uh, gift for somebody that doesn't have what? Yeah, anybody that doesn't have one of these, I think it's a great gift for them this year. So, and they're not that expensive. Have you, you asked? 50. Huh? Yeah. Have you, have you asked it to tell you a joke? Every day. I get cat jokes, dog jokes, whatever kind of jokes. Now, I haven't asked it for any dirty jokes yet, but now that I'm thinking about it, I think I will. Um, I would, do you ask it for jokes? I have. And then there was one where you could say something like, it wasn't tell me a story. It was 
and it wasn't a limerick. It was something. Tell me, tell me something. And it would, it was for kids and it would start this story. And then it would have moments where it'd say, now should the, let's just say fairy, should the fairy go up the hill or should the fairy go through the door? And then you'd have to answer. So the kids would be like through the door. And then the story continues and you would get to another choice section. And it was kind of cool. I mean, it kept them occupied for 20, 30 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's, I'm just so baffled at how much this thing does. If you wanted a recipe for something, you got it. Just like that or what happened on this day in history. It's, so it's anyway, you could use this for anything. I think it's probably one of the best gifts if somebody doesn't have one this year, get them one. Um, especially if you know they already use Amazon Prime, they're going to get a ton of use out of this. Mm -hmm. What else do you have? Totally. So I have a puppy who's uh, a boxer. He's purebred boxer. And he has a lot of the common allergies that boxers have that I never knew about, but they are allergic to chicken. And it's the protein in the chicken. So any food, any, you know, biscuits, cookies, whatever you might call it for the treats for the dog, if they have chicken fat, if they have the stock or the actual chicken in it, it will make them itchy all over and they'll like, they'll just gnaw at the pads of their feet. And that's them itching because they have an allergic reaction to something. So I took all the chicken out of his diet and he doesn't scratch or itch anymore, but it's kind of hard to find, especially treats and little biscuits and stuff for him that doesn't have any of the crude chicken protein or, or fat in it. But I found one, it's called Wagmore. So it's Wagmore grain-free biscuits. And he loves, it. it's a peanut and apples flavor. The whole box, it's a good size box, like almost a cereal box size, is $7.64. But they also have like a sweet potato um, flavor and he loves them all. And he's extremely picky. <laughs> he's, he's a bougie puppy. He's extremely picky about what he likes. But... For the ladies, do you have a lot of ladies that listen to the Gonzo Chronicles? Uh, I think we're probably about half and half, actually. Okay. So I've got a product for the ladies. And this could probably even be like a stocking stuffer. So it's called Mun Yanni Soap. So anybody who knows what Yanni is, Yanni, it, it's an herbal substance. I really don't know. I think it's a flower, but I'm guessing. Um, so... A lot of women have used like the Yanni oil. So what it is, is it's a probiotic. It's antibacterial. This is a soap for washing your lady parts. <laughs> and um, they have strawberry peach. I use the rose scent. I love the scent, but it has kind of like a cool, I don't know if this is DMI for you, but has kind of like a, a cool side effect to this herb that's in it. You know, not only is it, like I said, it's, it's antibacterial. It balances your pH. It does so many wonderful things for you, but it also tightens. That's the side effect. It will tighten your lady bits. So I love it. You can get it on Amazon three pack for $9.99. Folks, you've heard Back it here you. first. You heard it here first. Like I would never have thought I've heard that on the Gonzo Chronicles, but anything goes. So now I may have heard but that's awesome. I don't have anything necessarily that cool. 
the only I, I do have a cleaning product, but not for your bits and pieces, fellas. This is for anybody who's who wears eyeglasses. It's a product called Peeps, and I don't know about you, but I get these. Um, what are these things called? Uh, those lens cleaners, Zeiss lens cleaners, those wipes you can get. And a lot of times when you clean your glasses, especially the older your glasses are, you just smear stuff around, smear dirt around oil, and it's disgusting. And I'm one of these people I don't like to even have a smudge on my glasses. It pisses me off. It's like a pet peeve. I'm always cleaning my glasses. So I'm always going out buying these wipes. But then there's this thing called uh, Peeps. It's an eyeglass cleaner. And it's got these soft pads. It looks like it would be like tweezers for your eyeglasses. But at the end, you have these soft pads. And you dip it in this formula. And when you clean your glasses with it, it is the cleanest you'll ever have your glasses. It's like getting a brand new pair of glasses and putting them on for the first time. And that is awesome. If, if you're looking for something, just like a fun little stocking stuffer for somebody or just something maybe for yourself, um, you know, they wear glasses. They're always like cleaning their glasses. It's called Peeps. You can find it on Amazon. I think it's under 20 bucks. You can get up to 500 uses with one of them before you have to replace it. But I think you can just replace the That pads. is so cool. Yeah, you may be able to replace just the pads and the fluid. But, you know, for like 15, 20 bucks, how much are you spending on these wipes anyway? Like you get 100 of them, you're spending six, seven, eight bucks. So that's only for 100. So you're you're saving money by just getting something like this. But, um, yeah, the cleanest your glasses will be. So peeps, everybody, peeps. I, and I'm not talking about the little I'm yellow. Candies. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I'm going to have yeah, I'm going to have to try the peeps because I'll tell you what, I was wearing my glasses yesterday. You know how sometimes you just wake up and your eyes feel a little dry? Yeah. And my vision is terrible. Um, so I wear contacts or glasses. And yesterday I was sitting in the car. I wasn't driving, thank goodness. It actually made it go a little bit faster, but it's only a three hour drive, you know. But me sitting in a chair captive, it's, I, I'm just, I'm like a chicken in a box. You know, I'm like, okay, what, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? Or let's play a game. <laughs> anyway, I had these glasses on. I take them off and they were clean, but they still had, you know, like you said, the oil or something on it. So I'm using my dress and then uh, I'm using like a pant leg and I'm using anything I can think of that would have been washed, but not with fabric softener. Because once yeah. that fabric softener is on your glasses, it's like impossible to get off. So I'm gonna have to try those peeps. Yeah, I think I think you'll like those. The only other really interesting trinket I thought would be a good Christmas buy this year is uh, for those of you who like home security. Um, there's this thing; it's called Safe Cam 360, and uh, I can't remember how much it costs. I don't think it's terribly expensive, but you know, if you have like an outside uh, light bulb, like a little fixture, light fixture, take your bulb out. This looks like a bulb and you plug it in. You screw it back in just like that, and it connects to your phone. All right, so you could, it Wi-Fi's to your phone, and it's called 360 because if people come up on your porch or whatever, somebody's moving around in your yard or something, it will rotate 360 degrees, the camera does, and you can see it through that lens on your light. And um, so when you're gone, you can have an update on your phone. Just look and say, okay, yeah, there's the app there to use and Hey, somebody's on my porch. Hey, there's the mailman. Or, you know, hey, who's that freak looking in my window? It's whatever, right? So um, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing that, that people could get for, you know, this time of year. Um, maybe use it in the spring when it warms up a little bit if you only use it in the extreme cold. But, uh, yeah, it could come in handy for, like, 
home safety, you know, something like that. If you don't want to go buy some really expensive system, those little things help. Wow. You know, have you seen on a sp social media, there's doing a big advertisement for this product and I can't remember the name of the product, but it's a sensor. And I believe it was created by an, a veteran, some, someone in the field of security. And it's a sensor. So like when you go into your hotel room, because now these cameras, like you said, it could be a light bulb. It could be you know, a screw in a wall somewhere. These, these little cameras are everywhere. But this sensor will beep if there's a camera, if it's near a camera. And then I guess it's sort of like the hot and cold game. You know, It just beeps as it gets closer so that you can figure out where the camera is, which is crazy to me. You know, I try not to think about those things when I have to stay in hotel rooms. It's just like, I guess there could be a camera. But there's cameras everywhere, aren't there? Yeah, that's scary in a hotel room, though. Um, there was some news not long ago where they found uh, places where cameras were in there, where they were filming people they brought in. And then one uh, one lady goes in the closet, and like something was off when she stepped into the closet and felt like something funny under her feet. Pulled the carpet up, and then there was a piece of plyboard that went across. And when she moved it, there was a tunnel going down. And that particular <sighs> hotel, people would rent that room. They were using it for human trafficking. They were taking people down in the tunnels and when they have them check in. Yeah. That's scary stuff. So, um, yeah, now that I, now that you, that's a good thing to do. If you have something that could detect a camera in your hotel. I mean, I feel bad for whoever's bored enough to sit and watch me in a hotel. You know, what am I doing sitting there reading all night? But, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's a real exciting life there. But, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that would really come in handy. That's a, that's a good piece of safety equipment too, especially for the ladies out there. Um, you don't want people peeping in on you and taking pictures of you and you never know what's going to be on the internet or what's going to be used to blackmail. Oh my God, that tunnel thing in the closet, that's going to stick with me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, you know, I always go into the hotel rooms first and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Cause somebody could come in behind me, but I'll use my luggage and hold the door open in case somebody's in there. So at least maybe somebody will hear me, yeah. you know, like screaming at somebody with the door open and I look under the bed, I look in the shower, I look everywhere. But now I'm going to be looking in those little corners to see if there's a tunnel. Yeah, that, great. that really disturbed me because the, the, like the pictures that she took of it and it, and it, I saw it on Twitter and uh, I guess now the, there's like two hotel chains that are being sued or having wow. hotels that were, and it's not the chains themselves. It's the local ownership of those people that can go shady. So you never really know. I mean, it's just, it's just scary. We live in a weird world, but um, yeah, it's like in the wild, wild west. You just got to watch after yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Take, take right. that device to the hotel ladies and bring a knife with you. You never know when you have to fillet somebody coming up out of the tunnel in your yep. hotel all places. Can you imagine waking up in the middle of the night and hearing somebody coming up out of your closet? Oh my God. No. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, Georgia, it's, it's open carry here so we can conceal carry. We don't have to have permits anymore. And I do, you know, I travel with um, protection that I'm trained to use. So yeah, I, I can't imagine that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Cause I travel on roads where I may be out 30 minutes before I see the next exit. Sometimes 20, 30 mm -hmm. minutes. 
You never know what's going to happen. On yeah. But let's not be too negative before we talk about a murder. No. Right? Or some weird stuff. <laughs> right. So I want to, well, we're going to do a couple of apps later on toward the end of the show. We'll, I guess we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what's coming up next on your show. And you just did some like really cool thing. You just went and did a, like a little birthday thing for somebody apparently, right? Did some acting. Got, got involved in some mm-hmm. comedy. Yeah. So I can't wait to see. I did. Um, the, the mystery we were going to talk about tonight is, you know, I was looking at some of these weird things. And uh, I, I remembered this from a show on uh, Netflix. They're talking about these strange unsolved mysteries. And, uh, and it, they all took place at this place called the Hotel Cecil in Los Angeles. And you're no stranger to L.A. And I, I don't know if that's like the shadiest place in L.A. I have no clue. But um, from looking at the history of it, it sounds like it. Um, but the uh, death of Elisa Lam, and she was a Canadian tourist uh, in, in February 19th of 2013. Uh, she went missing. The cops started looking for her body around the Hotel Cecil where she was staying. And her parents flew down uh, from, I think, where are they from? Toronto. And mm-hmm, uh, down from Canada. And they found her body in a large like water tower, water tank on top of the cistern atop on the hotel uh, where she was staying. She was last seen alive on January 31st and was reported missing by her parents on February 1st. And uh, her body was discovered by a hotel maintenance worker investigating complaints of, of nothing, of, of, of all things of flooding and low water pressure and ew, foul tasting water in the hotel. That is disgusting. Oh, people are saying the water's coming out black and it has a weird taste. Oh, it's disgusting. But the Hotel Cecil, so that is downtown Los Angeles. Um, it's 640 Main Street. And if anybody's familiar with Los Angeles, which I'm sure everybody is because it's been all over the news about Skid Row. So Skid Row is on Fifth Avenue in downtown Los Angeles, which is right around the corner from the Hotel Cecil. And today... It has a hotel rating of two stars. How does it even have a bat? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, let me click on it and see why it says it's two stars. But two-star hotel is pretty grim. It is pretty grim. But, like, to get an average of two stars, you have to have somebody voting three and four, you know, against all those zeros and ones. What are these meth heads like, hey, great place to score drugs. Loved it. Great time. You know, um, it, it could be. Now, so, okay, in the mid-80s, connected to the Hotel Cecil was Richard Ramirez, the serial murderer. Yeah. He murdered 13 people, better known for the Night Stalker. So he came out of that hotel, too. Yeah, that is that is crazy. Um, I looked up some of the, the history of this hotel, man. I, get, I noticed when I was looking up the history of this hotel, this one particular case of Elisa Lamb that so many people had used this storyline in their movies or stories. And I was like, that's, that's got to like open a wound for the family every time somebody releases a new movie or story. And they did this in Hong Kong and China and here in the States, like right after it happened. So the question was, how did she get up? You know, they called it an accidental death. How would, how do you accidentally climb up into a cistern, fit through a small container at the very top, 
and get trapped. In. I mean, what is she trying to do? Swimming? And the water supply? It's like, it doesn't make sense. How did she get there? Exactly. How did she get there? That's why was she there? Okay, so in 1924, it was known as a luxurious, wonderful hotel in Los Angeles, right? But then as it moved into the 60s, 70s, 80s, and forward, it's a high crime area. It was known for poverty, crime, and drug use. Why was she there? Yeah, she was... I think she was traveling and just maybe just found the cheapest place she could stay. Now, she had a history of bipolar disorder. Um, uh, I don't know if she had any um, drug issues or not, but when the autopsy was done in late February, um, it was inconclusive in determining death, so there was really no drugs in her system. So that was kind of the weird thing. Um, one Another really odd thing about this is that uh, – the um, there was a movie, a horror film called Dark Water, that was filmed back in two thousand two. Uh, that actually was referenced um by a lot of people of a person who died very similar to this at another hotel. Um, and I thought, you know, that that was kind of I haven't seen this movie, but it was um, it was done in I think it was Japan. So the kind of the similar death that she had but strangely enough an asian lady uh happened to it just happened in japan in a movie it's like it's almost like somebody saw that and went mimic this and left her there mm -hmm. uh, the same way of the victim in strange water or in dark water and um i thought that's too too coincidental for me to to have that happened. Now there was a video that came out. Do you remember seeing this like this elevator video? Um, she, no. I've I've got it queued up, and what I'll do real quick for those for those we'll talk you through it. Those who are listening on the podcast. Those if you watch us on YouTube, if this video goes to YouTube, um, you'll see what we're talking about. Uh, so I'm going to share screen here real quick, if I can find out how to share screen. Hey, hey, there we go. So I'm going to go over to. This particular video, I'm going to blow up the screen. And this is her getting into an elevator. Uh, so this is what the uh, CC camera, uh, closed caption uh, TV caught. It looks weird because as you as we go through this, um, it's going to look like she is talking to somebody that's not there. And this isn't a strange hotel where a lot of people said supernatural things have happened, like hauntings. And they've seen things. So she goes into the elevator right now and she just punched all the buttons. And the door's not closing. So she she's hearing something. Looks like she sticks her head out, sticks her head back in. Crouches up in the corner to hopefully not be seen. She's it's not wearing shoes, is she? Flip-flops, yeah, sandals. Oh, okay. See how she's poking her head back out like she's hearing somebody say something. But when she looks out, there's no one there. She actually steps out, and there's no one in either direction. And she's acting very erratic. So now she steps back yeah. into the elevator, back out of the elevator. And she's leaning against the wall next to the elevator. But you can't see that. She's just barely out of picture. But, like, her arm is hanging down. You can see she's still there. What I mean, what do you think she's she's thinking here, Elizabeth? 
I, it almost seems like maybe she was being chased. Yeah. You know, and she's trying to see, did she escape? Did she elude them? And I can't tell. She just got back in the elevator. I can't tell her facial expression. It was either laughing or panic. And she hits and all buttons again. Buttons again. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so this video goes on for a couple minutes like this. She keeps hearing. And eventually she just walks out and leaves, um, I think, toward the end. But um, really? Look at her. She's talking to somebody. And she, her, her oh. hand moving. She's talking like somebody's right in front of her. And no one's there. It almost seems like, I mean, if you're if you have bipolar, I know I know nothing really much about people with bipolar issues. Do they have mental incidents like this where they talk to themselves or hallucinate? Yeah, they can. They can have you know mild schizophrenic type episodes. Um, but I mean, generally, you know, generally clinically, bipolar is going to be you have. high periods and you have low periods your low periods are so low that you can't get out of bed you can't even think about doing anything and your high periods are manic so you know bipolar manic depressive it's they're pretty much the same thing um and i'm not a clinician so you may have somebody correct me and and that's perfectly fine um so you know yeah they could be like hands are moving all over the place and they're just go 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 you know they're they're manic Um, but I don't know. I mean, that video, it kind of looks, I mean, I hate to say it, but kind of looks like maybe she's a little messed up. Yeah, which was I thought was funny when they when they did the uh, autopsy, they found nothing of substance in her. You know, you think they would like she was doing heroin or coke or something or, or some like mind altering like acid. I don't know how long that stays in your system, but yeah, they would have found it. I would think. Yeah. Um, so. This girl from Canada comes to Los Angeles and you think she just booked a room and didn't realize what she was booking? Because, I mean, this hotel, like, so there's another famous, I hate to say famous because they're all murderers, but this other murderer, this was in the 1990s, Jack, and I want to make sure I'm saying this right, Unterweger, Jack Unterwedger, something like that. He's Australian and he was a journalist and author, playwright as well. He was convicted of murdering 11 prostitutes while staying at the Cecil Hotel. Wow. So there's, there's heavy prostitution, there's drug use, there's high crime. It's a bad area. You think this girl, because she's not dressed like scantily clad for the people that aren't actually able to see this. She's wearing a skirt that goes three quarters of the way down her calf, um, a sweater, a shirt yeah. under the sweater. And the sweater is like almost like a, a house jacket type sweater. So she's dressed conservatively. Um, um, well, here's something that might shed a little light on. I just pulled up uh, Wikipedia on this. And in, her, in the mid-2010, she started a blog on Blogspot. So she posted, you know, just a lot of different things. Nothing nothing of any kind of real substance. Um, 
but it says here in January 2012 blog post, Lamb lamented that a relapse at the start of her current school term had forced her to drop several classes, leaving her to feel or leaving her feeling, this is in quotes, so utterly directionless and lost. She titled her post, You're Always Haunted by the Idea You're Wasting Your Life after a quotation from novelist Chuck Palahniuk. And I, I think I butchered his name up, but he's the guy who wrote Fight Club, by the way, and uh, Burnt Tongues. And he writes weird, weird stuff. He's out there stuff. But then if I scroll down a little further, it says here, Lamb had been diagnosed with a bipolar disorder and depression. She had been prescribed several medications for her mental health issues. And I'll not list those here, but according to her family who reported her, reportedly kept her mental illness private, Lamb had no history of suicidal attempts. Although one report claimed that she had previously gone missing for a brief period, Lamb had a history of not taking her medication and as a result, on several occasions, suffered hallucinations that would cause her to hide under her bed. She was hospitalized at least once for those episodes. But it also says for her trip to California, Lamb traveled alone on Amtrak and uh, inner city buses. She visited the San Diego Zoo and posted photos taken there on social media. On January 26th, she arrived in L.A. After two days, she checked into the Cecil Hotel uh, near downtown Skid Row. Lamb was initially assigned a shared room on the hotel's fifth floor. However, her roommates complained about what the hotel's lawyer would later describe as certain odd behavior, and Lamb was moved to a room of her own after two days. According to Amy Price, the manager of the hotel, uh, Cecil Hotel and Stay on Main, at the time of Lamb's disappearance, Lamb was leaving notes for her roommates that said, go home and go away and would lock the door to the room and require a password for entry. A few days before her disappearance, <laughs> Lamb attended a live taping of Conan uh, and, well, not Conan, Conan, I guess Conan O'Brien show in Burbank, but was escorted off the premises by security due to disruptive behavior. So she's, mm. she's got issues. But the question she's is how got much issues. That could make sense from what we just saw in the elevators that she's having some sort of episode where she's hallucinating someone talking to her. She's hallucinating some sort of argument, disagreement, because like I said, we saw her face for a minute. I don't think she was laughing and she's standing there pushing all the different buttons. She's, she's obviously appearing unstable. And my mind goes to, if you have prostitution in there, you have heavy drug use. It's a high crime area. Perhaps she got into a conversation or an argument with somebody else staying there that wasn't a very savory person and just did away with her. Yeah, so it could have could have been. The question is how do they get her through that hatch in the in the roof on the uh, in the water tank? Because it says here during the search for lamb, uh like you said before, guests at the hotel were complaining about water pressure and the water having an unusual taste and being black. So um, on February 19th, a ho uh, the hotel maintenance worker, Santiago Lopez, found her body. And there were four 1,000-gallon tanks on the roof. He found her body in one of those. Um, uh, through the open hatch, he saw Lamb laying face up in the water. Uh, the tank was drained and cut open. Since its maintenance hatch was too small to accommodate equipment needed to remove Lamb's body, 
So, um, I, you know, just how would she even? Because I remember watching the uh, the Netflix uh, episode on this, and one of the questions they had is that hatch was so small, and she was a small person, obviously from that video. Um, but what would possess her to climb down in there, or have you know, or somebody shoved her down in there because she couldn't get out, obviously. So you think maybe she just went on such an episode that she wound up wandering up there, accessed it, and fell in? Or maybe crawled in. Maybe she thought something was chasing her or was looking for a place to hide. I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many possibilities. Um, she wow. could have been hallucinated. Or, like you said, somebody got a little tired of her and disposed of the body. Um, where else are you going to hide a body and think no one's going to look? Take them up mm. to the roof. There's no, they didn't have CC cameras up there, and no CCTV up there. So, um, mm. yeah. But it's disgusting to think that all that water filtered down through, not just to the rooms, but to the kitchen, the coffee shop, and the hotel. And they use this as sort of like a hostel, but even nobody that nobody would even stay with her. Maybe you know, <sighs> um, really, really disgusting. But it's. It's a sad story. And mm -hmm. I, there were all these series I noticed uh, when I was looking this up that um, I think uh, like ABC had a show called Castle. I don't remember that from quite a few years ago where they had a police detective and the title character, a mystery novelist uh, investigating crimes. And in this episode called Watershed, uh, they follow leads at, uh, in the death of a young woman found dead in the rooftop water tank at the Cedric Hotel in Manhattan. All right. So, I mean, they're obviously ripping that off from the Cecil Hotel. Um, there was another show, a movie called The Hungry Ghost Ritual that was based on this. Another ABC series, How to Get Away with Murder. Um, talk about art imitating life. Um, but in some of, some of those cases, to me, that just seems like in poor taste. Like how like how would you imagine if that was your family and you you're like you had to open that wound every single time something similar like that happened? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I just did a quick search because I'm curious to see if there are other murders like that where someone was found in a rooftop water tank. The only one that comes up is Miss Lamb. Have did you find anybody else? No, I didn't find anything. Um, the only thing that was similar that was before that was that movie Dark Water. Mm. And uh, but if you have, did you get a chance to look up all the the history of the hotel, uh, Cecil Hotel? I did. I, it's weird. It's really strange. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, they opened this place in uh, December of two thousand nineteen twenty four, and it became mm -hmm. a budget hotel, hostel, and a rooming house. And, do you want to go over some of the timeline of incidents on this? This is this is incredible. This goes back to 1931. Yeah, you know, I, I saw a, a pretty interesting article from Town and Country magazine where it says um, that it basically went from like a celebrity destination in 1924. It was this elite, wonderful hotel to hell on earth. Yeah. Um, and this was written in 2021. It says uh, within this article that the hotel had been closed for three years. So I'm guessing sometime in 2000, 
18, uh, it closed for good. So, yeah. Yeah. The uh, Netflix series that talked about this hotel came out in 2021. And I think they had a lot of like old footage from things. And um, if you go back to 1931, I guess this, this was the first date, November 19th. Uh, victim W.K. Norton, 46 years old, possible suicide, ingested poison. Um, he was a Manhattan Beach resident, found dead in his room after ingesting poison capsules. A week prior, he had checked into the Cecil under the name James Willis from Chicago. Well, that's sketchy right away, you know. Uh, Use the false yeah. name. September of 32, um, Benjamin Dodich, 25, suicide, gunshot to the head. Um, did not leave a suicide note. 1934, um, medical corps, uh, Army Medical uh, Corps Sergeant Borden was found dead in his room at the Cecil. He had slashed his throat with a razor. Borden left several notes, one of which cited poor health as a reason for his suicide. In 1937, fell from building. May, uh, May of 39, ingested poison. January 40, Dorothy Seeger ingested poison. Uh, September 44, um, Dorothy Jean Purcell, newborn discarded from window. She was uh, acquitted due to insanity. She threw her newborn out the window. Wow. wow. November 47, Robert Smith, age 35, suicide, fell from building. There's tons of these fell from buildings over the years. Uh, here's June 4th, 64, Jacques B. Erlinger, um, murder, acquitted, stabbed, beaten, and raped. A hotel worker discovered Osgood, a retired telephone operator, dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, and beaten, and her room was ransacked. Osgood was well-known around the area and earned the nickname uh, because she fed birds in nearby Pershing Square. They called her Pigeon Goldie. Uh, near her body was a <laughs> L.A. Dodgers cap she always wore, a paper sack full of bird seed. Hours after her murder, Ellinger was seen walking through Pershing Square, in bloodstained clothing, he was arrested and charged with her murder, but was later cleared of the crime. Her murder remains unsolved. Um, you know, with all these murders going all the way up to June and deaths going up to June 2015, I mean, there's a laundry list of them here on, on Wikipedia. Um, have you seen the movie 1408? Has John? No, I haven't. Um, he gets he goes he goes and books a room at this uh, the Dolphin. In New York, in this particular room, 1408, they never ran out to anybody. So he gets wind of what it is because he writes these cheap, cheesy, haunted books, you know, like this place is haunted or that place is haunted. So he goes and stays the night in these places and he'll, you know, rank them. So he goes there. And after reading all this stuff about the Hotel Cecil, I'm wondering, did they use that hotel as maybe a backdrop for that hotel they used in that movie? Because people died of poisonings and slit their own throats and jumping out of the windows and just uh, throwing their baby out the window, one of them. It's just, it's amazing. Um, that is a creepy, creepy movie, though, by the way, 1408. <laughs> uh, Samuel L. Jackson and John Cusack. Who, by the way, you were in a movie with, right? Both of those cats. Um, I called? was, yeah. That was uh, Cell, and Cell was, it was originally, it was a novel written by uh, Stephen King, and then they made that into a movie. Gosh, they filmed that in 2014, 
I think they finally wrapped it in 2014. But you know, earlier you were talking about the reviews on the Cecil Hotel. So while you were telling us that other part, I looked up the reviews really quickly. And I have one from Dana over eight years ago. And she says she gives it one star. Not in a good area, period. Do not be fooled into thinking this place is closed. It is now called Stay on Main. Um, until security is stepped up in this place, I would not suggest it to anyone. Not a good area, no tourist attractions, loads of sketchy areas nearby. And it also has an unsavory past. Um, oh, 11 years ago. So this person, Navid, he stayed there. He gave it two stars. The people at the desk are very nice and pleasant. Since this was my first time in Los Angeles and with a limited budget, this was a good place to stay for a two or three day stay. Not the best above the lobby. Don't get fooled by the lavish, uh, shiny lobby. The area is not the best. I did not feel comfortable around it. Um, it was either a hotel by LAX or downtown LA. I decided to go with Cecil Hotel and some views are not that bad. The bed was comfortable, pretty good channels. We'll come back only if I had a crisis. <laughs> only if I had a crisis. Yeah. That says a lot, I guess. Um, I guess you get what you pay for in LA. Yeah. This is crazy. I mean, these are on Yelp. So if anybody wants to read these reviews, they're quite interesting. Oh, my gosh. This guy, Tony L., from over 12 years ago, he's saying that he stayed here because of the location to the Disney Concert Hall, uh, which is why he was coming into Los Angeles. I'm trying to skim through it really fast. He said, um, I was told that the area wasn't that good, but the SF Tenderloin is is the worst. Do they have a restaurant in this place? I have no idea. Yeah, he's going on about muggings and death and um, the shower. So he's kind of getting into a little bit of the past history as well. I guess all of a sudden it clicked and he realized where the heck he was staying. Um, yeah, small Wi-Fi cafe, cafe downstairs next to hotel lobby. Gives you net access. Lobby is gorgeous, but the rooms um, on each floor seem to be prison cell style. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like they need to put bars on the windows so people won't throw their kids out or jump. Uh, and, and lock yeah. That's just crazy. This Mind-blowing. People have pictures in here in these reviews, pictures of the bedrooms. They just look like, no, they'd make the hair on my arm stand up. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, wow. That, that, but it's just such a sad case. And, uh, you know, hopefully at some point, maybe the family ever gets some closure when maybe shows like mine don't bring the damn thing up all the time. Or, you know what I mean? But it's just such a sad case. Uh, to see so many movies yeah. and shows that popped up that just ripped off what happened to that poor girl. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know. There's a lot to be said for people that take care of your mental health, folks. <laughs> There's no shame in talking to people. Um, I don't know, especially if you're bipolar. You know, people people need help. That's okay. You know but what? And especially now, things 
These are tough times and we've never had a time like this where every single person has capability of taking video footage of where they are. So we see more um, news media sensational things, which unfortunately are always negative things of people, you know, running around with guns or they're mugging somebody or carjackings or accidents, things exploding. We have raw footage of all that stuff like we've never had before. And I, you know, I always have to remind, especially my mom, that these things happened before everybody and their brother had cell phone cameras, um, not to panic. Don't yeah. make it, you know, so overwhelming to you that you feel so anxious, anxious that you don't even want to go outside. And yeah, absolutely. To what you said, if you feel like you need to talk to somebody for any reason at all, go talk to somebody. You got to listen to your body, listen to what's going on. Yeah. Listen to your brain too. I mean, it's just, you know, see things don't feel right in life, then maybe they're not. And uh, there's a lot to be said about getting getting your mind straight and having a good, healthy attitude. But you're right. When you watch, like, if, if it bleeds, it leads 24-7 on the news. No wonder everybody's so wound up and depressed and feel like they're in a malaise. I wish to God there was a, a good news network where they just showed the Because there's so much more out there that's good than bad. We just never see it. Or we're too inundated with all the bad to see the good through it. And people learn how they're learning to mistrust and not trust even the best things in life. And that's, that's very unhealthy. Our technology has gotten to a part where we let it control us instead of us controlling it. Well, exactly. And I think the news media has figured out that if you have somebody constantly on fight or flight, constantly aware and scared, they're going to get views. You're going to get eyeballs. So yeah. it takes a conscious decision to go, no, I'm not going to allow you to put me in the fight or flight mode. I'm, I'm going to rationally take a look at this for a second, say, okay, and then try to make up my own opinion by reading everything out there or not, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's your choice or just go for a hike in the woods and say, if the shit hits the fan, I'm going to go off the grid. And who can blame? Done. There's a lot to be said for going through a walk, you know, just to walk through the woods. I was just having a talk earlier today with someone about how important it is just like, your view of the world, and like from the from the start that you get out of bed, the only like we're the only ones that control the way we see our environment around us. If we're pessimistic and frustrated and glass half empty, that's the world we're going to see. So I was talking about why it's important every morning when you get up. Um, first thing you can do, maybe listen to some soft music. Think to yourself five or ten things you're grateful for. Even if it's the same things every day, it doesn't have to be anything big. It can be something little. Like, you know, I'm, I'm great. Like, you're grateful for your pet because can go for a walk with you. You know, you're grateful for those moments outside when you hear the birds chirp. Those little things, those little pieces of serenity. If you start your day off with, here are ten things I'm grateful for. Not thankful, but grateful. There's a difference. If you start your day off like that, it's hard for your day to get off the rails. Somebody has to go out of their way to really get you out of out of that good headspace where you're where you're living a better life, the best the life we're intended to live, not the other one that is dictated by the media and all our technology around us that gets us wound up and pissed off all day. But uh, hey, just my two cents. Yeah, no, I you know I I think a hundred percent. 
100% backing of what you just said, because, you know, so for me, the mornings are always hectic. And um, so I do mine in the evening. And then when I wake up, I'll refresh on what I was uh, meditating on or manifesting or whatever you want to call it, you know, um, where you do it in the morning. And it does multiply the positivity will multiply to the point to where you know something that would have just destroyed you and your day and your mood and everything can also be seen in gratitude so a car accident you could leave your house that morning your day is going to be wonderful fresh and you've got it in your head you can get into a car accident and go i'm okay you know, everybody's safe. Yeah. Okay. This was the end of the life for this car. I got to, you know, go through insurance and, but it's nothing but a thing. We're going to walk through it. There's a process. I'm not high and dry. I have insurance for a reason. And you, you become so grateful for those little things of being yeah. able to afford your insurance of being able to walk away from an accident and you're okay. Yeah. Of knowing that you, Nobody else was harmed. And that maybe if you continued to drive farther, there was going to be a bigger accident. There's a reason why you're stopped in your tracks, even though it's not planned and it's not what you want to do. There's a reason for why you're stopped right there and you're okay. Yeah. And that's the power of doing what you just said. So a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been on the road somewhere and like you stopped and everybody's like, no, let's not stop. And then you stopped anyway. And then you got on the road and you realize if you'd stayed on that road, run into this big accident, you got stuck behind in traffic. It's like we would have been through here five minutes earlier. That could have been us. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, but that's the way to look at things. It's a really great attitude way to look at things because yeah, every day is a gift. You know, our lives are a gift. You know, we, we don't uh, we don't know how many years we have, but. It's what we do with those years that's important and, and being miserable. I feel sorry for people that are like that, you know, that just they wake up and find fault in everything that they're looking at. Or like even when they go out to a restaurant to eat, they find two or three things to complain about. There's somewhere right. somebody that doesn't have a meal that night. And I don't like to complain, even if the food's subpar, you know. Um, oh, I do. I totally get that. And it's like, you know, then you have a conversation with those people and they don't want to be that way, but they feel stuck. And if you take a moment to go back and look at our society as a whole and how we're fed the information that we're fed and, you know, the news and how really it's it's yellow journalism. It's whatever they want you to look at. They have a big story one day and then the next day there's a bigger story. And it's like the other one just went away. So it's awareness you know, meditating and thinking the positive gratitude that you have for each and every day that you were talking about, it brings awareness. And it's so easy to go through life and be closed off and only thinking me, 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 this is what I have to do. This is what I want to do. This I, 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 instead of being aware of your whole surroundings. So that took yeah. you to be aware to realize that could have been us if we were just five minutes behind. If we didn't stop because yeah. my buddy had to pee, <clears throat> that could have been us. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I don't know how many times I've seen that. I've seen a couple accidents here lately that's like, you know, I would have, you know, if I had like been a little late leaving the house, you know, two three minutes later, then you never know. You just, we just don't know. And but but that's one more reason to be grateful. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully everybody listening to this, hey, I'm preachy, right? But have a grateful heart through the holidays. Have a grateful heart every day because every day is worth celebrating anyway. Hey, Liz, I want to ask you: Do you use on your phone? Do you use any interesting apps that people might find helpful through the holidays? So my phone is not really, um, this is going to sound wrong, but my phone's not really the kid friendly phone, not because it has like a bunch of adult stuff on it, only because I don't really play games. I'm not that kind of person. Like I love people watching. So if I was stuck in the airport to where, you know, I think that would be like a common moment to find somebody sitting there playing games on their phone. I'll sit and watch people. So I don't really have too many apps, but I do have one for the holiday season. And, you know, I mentioned it over the years. I'll mention it again. It's called the Santa app. And the icon is a red Santa. It's a a square. I think the square has a white background and red Santa on it. It is so great. And it's not just for Christmas. It's for any time that you're giving gifts. Um, So you can put in people. So I have each one of my kids. And then it'll allow you to put in an idea of maybe something you want to buy or want to order. And then you can pros- you can process that order all the way through. So it goes from an idea to it's ordered, it's shipped, it's wrapped. And it just tracks everything. So for me, with all the different kids and then, you know, you have so many kids, you, you want to spend like the same amount on everybody. That's the only way I could track it because you put in the item name, you could put in the link to the item when you save it, the name of the item, how much it is. It gives you so many fields, but you don't have to fill out all the fields. So for me, I'll type in, you know, sweater where somebody might want to say it's, it's this designer sweater in this size, it will allow you to do that. But I'll type in like sweater, you know, $65 and I put it under one person. And now I know that I have $65 under, you know, Sabrina, my oldest daughter. And it gives you that running total for each person. So when you just open the app, it'll show you all the names and all the totals under them of what you've spent so far. I love it. So the Santa app through the app store. uh, Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. So one of the things we were talking about before we jumped on was like, uh, you know, I'm going to try to, yeah, not, not try, I'm going to uh, I guess, watch my food intake. Not that I eat a lot, but I eat a lot of bad things. You know, I go, cooking for one is hard, so I don't do that much. So I eat out a lot and it's not always the best quality or health, you know, or, or nutritional value. And, you know, even I was learning recently, even when you buy fruit, depends on what kind of fruit you buy and where they're from, whether you get the full nutritional value or not. If it comes from further away, they have to pick it before it's fully ripe, which means it has full nutrients. Then they pick it early, they have to freeze it. You don't get the full nutrients as it is if you bought something local, like a pear local or something, you know. And so I was learning more about that. There's a really interesting app that I'm going to probably try to use in the new year. A friend of mine told me about this. His wife uses this. It's called Fujicate. And I, I thought, well, okay. So I looked this up. Fujicate, what it does it grades every food by nutritional value. So you can type in what you're, you know, what you're looking for, what you're looking at, or if it has a 
um, one of those barcodes on it, those uh, scan codes, barcode, you know what I'm talking about? Um, you can QR mm-hmm. codes or you can point it at that and it will tell you what the nutritional value of that particular product is. If you're shopping and you like something, you're like, yeah, this is not the most healthy way to do this. You can you can actually point your phone at the barcode or the QR code and it will tell you they're uh, a healthier alternative. So mm-hmm. if you're looking to maximize your you know, vegetable and fruit, like your vitamin intake and and you limit your fat and your, your types of carbs you have and types of sugars you have, this is she really likes it. My buddy's wife really likes that. So, um, yeah, it's called Fujicate. I'm going to I'm going to try that in the new year, I think. Just to just to be more aware of what I'm great. buying. Yeah, because most yeah. of us don't know what we're buying to begin with or where it's from. The more we know about our food, I think the, the more healthier choices we tend to make. So I'm just going to educate myself a little bit with wow. food. And so that's F O O D U C A T E. That's it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to get that. That's awesome. Uh, there's a couple others out there. I think that she said that's sort of competitive. Um, but I don't know how much the costs are for those apps to download them, but but that's the one that she uses. And I, I thought, well, that's good enough. I'll point that out to people. If you're looking to eat a little healthier after the holiday, going into the new year, after we all pig out, I don't want to bleed gravy forever, folks. So we'll we'll see what I can do about this, but um, but I'm gonna give it a try. I think in the year that and keeping my yeah, damn glasses very cool. that and keeping my glasses clean ought to keep me happy. My glass will be half full every day. <laughs> That's very cool. There is one other app that I use. I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it's a plant scanner. And there's many different apps. So you could go into the app store and just type in a plant scanner. Um, but anyway, it uh, mine has a white background and then it has this short plant with a bunch of leaves in green. And um, it's great. I mean, I can take a picture of any plant, anything growing in my yard and then put it into the app, it scans the picture and it brings up all the information, what that plant is, what its genius name is, what um, other pictures of it, other angles of it. And that's how I found out that the fertilizer that my landscapers use for my yard had, um, it grew magic mushrooms. So I saw these (laughs) mushrooms growing in my yard early, like late spring, early summer. I mean, tons of these mushrooms and it would be overnight. So, you know, I'm, I'm with the mushrooms and I'm picking the mushrooms. I know you're not supposed to do that, but I did because I, you know, I have dog, a dog. So I didn't want him to go after it. And then the next morning there's all these mushrooms and I'm like, okay, what, what's up with the mushrooms? So I took a picture of them, scanned it. Yeah, sure enough. They're hallucinogenic mushrooms. And they grew in the yard for six months. Who knew? No wonder the no wonder the, no wonder the squirrels are fighting the deer. Like, I didn't know what was going. Oh my god, that's funny though. But yeah, I just got to be careful with that. Your pets could could die and that stuff, I suppose, or have one hell yeah, of a vacation I, I... that or, or develop some anxiety from wherever they wherever trip they took. That's wild. I wonder if pets have an innate ability to know what not to eat when they get near it like that. I think they do. I think if we went 
back far enough to when we were living off the land, there had to be something, some certain hue or color. I mean, obviously we know, you know, most red berries, you don't want to eat the red berries. And it took, you know, how long for people to realize that tomatoes were not poisonous? I mean, that was, that was a very, very long time before people started, you know, I don't know if they had like Joe in the village that they really didn't like that much. And they're like, let's see if he dies from eating it. <laughs> but there had to be some experimental person, you know, but I think, yeah, I think there has to be some kind of smell or something. Maybe. At least you have prisoners that can try the food first. Right. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I know it's mean, but like the worst of the worst, you know, the people who stay at the Cecil Hotel, those who try the Let yep, Darwin, let Darwin figure the rest out. <laughs> so you're, you're back with your show. Um, now you did a, a little short video, I guess, working on a video the other day for a comedian. Is there anything you can talk mm -hmm. about that? Or can you still, you still are that's still like off limits? Um, I mean, there's really not too much that I can say about it. There's uh, many celebrities that have moved, you know, to the Southeast. We have a lot of them in Nashville, but many of them here in Atlanta. And there is a um, celebrity level comedian that just released his Netflix special. And he has been filming for many years now. Well, I say many. He started really in 2020 because everybody was grounded. So all these stand-up comics, they didn't know where to go. So they tried to create their own stuff. So he started creating his own stuff and it was uh, video vignettes, really. Uh, yeah. Sketch videos, you know, things like that. And now they're putting it together and creating a series. So uh, I, I can say that we shot in a strip club and I was the mom of one of the girls working there trying to convince her that she didn't need to be there. She needs to come home, work for the family business. And then it sort of gets turned around on me that, well, that's what I used to do. <laughs> so what's the goose is good for the gander, which is why I was wearing something like just weird. <laughs> it was just a weird outfit, just this white lace thing that was really low cut. And my hair was, you know, young looking it wasn't like a normal hairstyle <laughs> but it was a lot of fun and yeah that was the first time back on somebody else's set um in several years so you know i mean you know anybody who follows me gone through a lot of surgeries and a lot of hiccups since 2020 to now so it feels really great to be back doing that and then the show has started up the caffeinated cooper show and of course that's my baby so i love it um, but I've been focusing pretty heavily on monetization of it. Um, some of the rules and regulations have changed through social media platforms. So it's nice because even with the Gonzo Chronicles, you know, you could, you can make some decent money, uh, putting it out there in certain ways. And I found a little guru that's been guiding me. So it's, it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm glad things are going well. Any, uh, upcoming guests? Um, uh, Caffeinated Cooper, or are you waiting so, on the first of the year? We're waiting on the first of December, where you know everybody was busy. It's kind of an interesting time, to be honest, because there were so many people that couldn't come on to the show because of the strike. 
So it sort of, it got into this weird zone. It's like they could do things, but to be really unified with SAG-AFTRA, it was like, no, I, I don't want to do anything. And there was that actress, gosh, what did she do? I can't, of course, I can't remember her name, but she's an A-lister. And right after the strike started, she went on to somebody's show that was still airing nightly. And she just got lamb blasted. Um, because you know you're supposed to be unified with the union and you're supposed to be striking so then that made everybody that was ready to kind of like get out there and maybe do a little side work they're like no i can't so there were a ton of people that wanted to come on the show but couldn't and now it's it's a little odd because they were striking for just about 120 days right so the writer's strike started before the actors union did and they were on strike for right at 120 days. And then they came to terms. And then SAG started about six weeks after the writers did. And that went through the summer. So usually through the summer, you're filming and finishing things up and getting that in the can and ready to release for the fall season for episodics. Yeah. Or you're filming in the summer for movies that are coming out next year. And now everything's rushed. So everybody's super busy and the industry does break around the 15th of December for the holidays. So I think they're still going to break, but now it's kind of like everybody's trying to play catch up in filming, but pilot season is coming up and pilot season is that first part of the year. So usually first quarter, everybody's casting for all of the shows, no matter if they're brand new pilot shows or if they're established shows so that you can film through the summer and you can release it in the fall. Yeah. So it, it's, it's an interesting season. Um, but yeah, we're going to wait until we're going to give it about another week and then see um, maybe I'm, I may just do a, a whole rush of shows after the 15th of December, but everybody's scurrying right now. Well, I look forward to it. I guess you'll post on Facebook and, Instagram uh, with the upcoming shows. So everybody should continue to follow you there. So I, I appreciate you coming back on. You come on here so much and I appreciate it. We always have fun chats and uh, weird, cool topics. Yeah. I'm not going to the Cecil hotel anytime soon, but, uh, but, but thanks again. Uh, yeah. And yeah, we always have a good time on this show and uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll read some of our writing prompts on here one day who knows so we're at week 21 i won't i'm at week 21 with the writing so i have 21 straight weeks i've written something interesting i think so i don't know you know, but i do have a substance you know i'm you are blushing you know i'm blushing over i'm blushing because i was the funny girl that was like oh can i write soft porn and you're like yeah go for it so for me to read my is a little embarrassing. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't even expect you to do that. I do have a Substack page, so some of the things that I write, I will uh, put up there. These for anybody that's interested in doing this, drop me an email at cyrus.alderwood at gmail.com. And uh, the writing prompt challenge is basically we draw some cards each week, and based off of those three cards, you come up with a short story. Now you don't have to write a full short story; just two to four pages. Whatever comes to mind. I don't believe in censorship. So 
You write whatever you want or wherever your heart's desire takes you to. We just do this for fun. No editing. Though I don't even go back and edit, so you'll find spelling mistakes or whatever. And uh, But it's just fun. It gets your creative juices flowing. And out of these 21 stories, I think there's about 8 to 10 that I might go back and just like punch up a little bit and actually have a compilation of short stories for another book in the new year. So I've actually gotten some traction off of this. And the other people that are doing this with me, some are do it once in a while. Uh, one of the persons done it every week and loved the three cards from last week so much. They wrote three different short stories this week in a week. Like when you're in the zone, you're in the zone. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, put the stop sign up for anybody going through that. So, but uh, yeah, and, and these are all different genres, all different, you know, sci-fi, horror, comedy, drama, softcore, whatever, whatever floats your boat that week, whatever the cards inspire. So, but it's fun. So we just do it for fun. But anyway, any, if anybody's interested, uh, jump on the train. It's it's uh, it's a good time. We flex your creative muscles. And until next time, folks, make sure you check out Elizabeth's show. Check her out on social media. Go to cyrusalderwood.substack.com. Get a lot of free short stories, a lot of fun stuff I write over there for free. So have at it, folks. Have a great night, and we will talk to you soon.